immigration reform, concerning what's going on with the uh, immigrants and self-sufficiency and stuff like that. That was uh, that was just uh, the Supreme Court basically came in, came in and said to the uh, activist court underneath, "Hey, look." President Trump is okay in going ahead with the public charge rule. Good morning, everybody. Welcome back. Speaking with Dave Ray, Dave from FAIR. Good morning, Dave. Welcome to the show. How you doing? Hey, Ed. How you doing, buddy? Great to be with you. Great to talk to you again. Dave, one of the things that, I mean, you read the Boston Globe, you read everything. This whole deal, when uh, earlier this week, when the Supreme Court came out and struck down that injunction they had against President Trump and the public charge rule, I mean, everybody and their brother is saying what a terrible thing Trump has done, and all we're trying, all we're trying to do is to get the rule of law back so that we can have a, a, a an immigration uh, reform type of thing where they're not on the on the public chart, or they're not on the the public trough all the time. Absolutely, you know the concept of self sufficiency is one that goes back before America itself. In fact, is first. Uh, kind of came on the books during the in, in Massachusetts during in the Massachusetts Bay Colony, where people were prevented from coming into the country if it seemed that they were not going to be able to take care of themselves. Yeah. You know, people love to talk about the Statue of Liberty and the you know, legacy of immigration and Ellis Island and what have you. But what they forget is that it, an important part of Ellis Island was that. People were screened when they got off the boat from Europe, and if it looked like they were going to be incapable of taking care of themselves uh, or become any kind of public charge, they were turned around right there and sent back to Europe. And this meant that families were split and brothers stayed and sisters went and mothers got to stay and fathers left. I mean, it was uh, a very hard and fast rule. It's an expectation. It's not too much to ask of immigrants. And, you know, we have a system today. I mean, this just comes out of necessity. President Trump didn't pull this out of thin air. No. We have a system today whereby 65%, now 65% of immigrant headed households are on some form of public assistance. This is not acceptable. This is not the way it's supposed to be. You know, if we had immigrants coming in here who actually had the tools they needed to achieve their American dream, immigration could really be a win-win situation for the United States. They would be bettering themselves. They would be bettering our nation. You know, Instead, we've turned it into a lose-lose situation. They're falling flat on their faces, and they're costing us billions of dollars. And we're talking about everyone what Dave's talking about, what the president's talking about, what this whole you know, public charge thing, we're talking about legal immigration, people yes. that are here legally, right? not yes. illegals. All right. Right. You know, 25% of these legal, these are legal immigrants, 25% of them have less than a high school education. Now, can you imagine... Moving in uh, to Massachusetts in today's uh, modern world, without so much as a uh, you know any without any comprehensible ability to speak English and less than a high school diploma, I mean, can it be any wonder that many of these folks are falling flat on their faces? And let me 
let me help you counter the immigrant rights groups and the immigrant advocate groups are saying, you're keeping us, you're, de- you're breaking up our families, you're denying us, uh, uh, reuniting our families. This is what America is all about. Look, if these folks were taking care of the relatives that they're sponsoring in the first place and not allowing them to become public charges, in other words, you want to bring in your brother, your sister, your aunt, your uncle, then you step in when they start stumbling and take care of them, then this whole public charge wouldn't be an issue. But, you know, the the bigger look at this is that there is a problem in the way we select immigrants in the first place. So this public charge thing is the right idea because it will help keep out people who are going to do nothing but cost us Uh, buckets of money for a long period of time. But in the long run, what would preclude this entire situation would be to pivot the country to a merit-based immigration system whereby people were pre-selected because they had, you know, a high school degree, a college degree, technical skills, uh, some sort of uh, know-how in some area. English language abilities. I mean, all of these things are good indicators that a person is going to be able to come here and make it. And let's face it, Ed, we want immigrants to do well. People who come here, we, you know, Americans are supportive of moderate levels of legal immigration. We want immigrants to succeed. We are not setting them up for success in the way that we choose them. So this public charge rule will put the onus back on the immigrants. Say, if you come in here and you become a public charge, you will not become a citizen. You will not get in line for citizenship. So you have, you know, cut your nose off to spite your face. When when they talk about, and and reading on on the liberal end of things, Dave, when you, when you talk about the fact that we have such a high percentage of legal immigrants here in Massachusetts or anywhere else, and it's it's streaming like eight out of ten are on welfare, how do you how do you say? And this is what the uh, the liberal press is is banging. How do you tell them? You know, you we're going to cut back your welfare. We're going to cut back your Medicaid. We're going to cut back your your uh, all the assistance and the help. But you got to go out and do it yourself. There got to be you got to come up to a certain level. You got to work. You got to do this, and they're screaming bloody murder that they can't do that because it's not quote fair to eighty percent of the households that are sitting out there right. that can't do it. Right. I mean, and the other issue is when we lo- look around the state of Massachusetts, there are huge pockets of poverty of Americans living below the poverty line. We have lots of Americans in the country right now that could use your compassion. But the way we could do this with this public charge rule, you can't punish people for what they've done in the past that they didn't know was going to uh, you know, come back and bite them. But you could say, you know, starting January 1, 2021, anybody who is in the country legally and is taking any kind of public benefit from that point forward, then you will become ineligible. You will never get on the path to citizenship. In other words, you know, we, we can't, we're not going to be able to, to cut it, them it, off. It, right. It's almost important to, to deport people based on public charge. 
but the, but you will not be given legal status or any kind of status change that would allow you to remain in the United States uh, for any further period of time. Furthermore, before you come here, we will do a better job at our consulates, and this is why illegal immigration is such a ridiculously uh, hard thing to justify. We will pre-screen you at your home country. If you're making considerably below the poverty line at, in your own home country, then I think it's pretty reasonable to assume that you're going to fall flat on your face right. here in the United States. And we have plenty <clears throat> examples of people doing that each and every day. So this is a smart rule for taxpayers. It's a smart rule for the American way of life. It could put integrity back into the immigration system and into, immigra and, and into immigration itself, and it's good public policy. You know, also, Dave, it's, you know, in looking at this, and there are, as you suggested, an awful lot of problems, And but you know what it's going to do? If we put the onus, you know, at the, at the border, then you may uh, halt or uh, really stop chain migration from happening. I mean, just... Oh, every yeah, absolutely. Everybody and their yes. brother just coming in. Well, yeah, the only reason why people are so happy to sign off on bringing in their relatives who, who have no job skills is because they're not going to be uh, stuck with the bill if these folks, um, you know, fall on their face. Uh, the, the administration has talked about billing. You know, so let's say you've sponsored your brother and your brother is not had never graduated from high school, doesn't speak English, has no technical skills. He comes here and he falls on his face, and the taxpayers of Massachusetts and federal taxpayers end up paying for this guy the rest of his life. If that happens, the government can turn to you as the sponsor and force you to reimburse the government for all the social services your relative has hoovered up. Yeah. And what that would do is put some responsibility back on the lap of the sponsors. You know, that's the other thing is that sponsors are not held uh, culpable for any of this. So there's really not a downside for them to do this. Think about if your brother came in and he starts looking at getting on food stamps and you're standing there saying, hey, this is not acceptable. I cannot reimburse the government for your shortcomings mm -hmm. the rest of your life. You're going to have pressure from the family as well for these folks to quit sitting on their hands get back in the workforce. The other thing is that the level of immigration has remained so astronomically high that if we could tamp down uh, legal immigration admission numbers to more historic numbers, we're right now at about 1.1 million legal immigrants a year. If we would tamp it down to, uh, let's say, what the Jordan, recommend, Jordan Commission recommended back during the days of Bill Clinton, 500,000 a year, would have less of an adverse impact on our uh, on our on our country in certain terms of its social service infrastructure, but it would also um, help us in pivoting to a merit-based immigration system. Dave, the frustration level an awful lot of people have is the fact that that a lot of things that you're saying, especially when we you know we're living in the bluest of blue states here is the fact that the, the rose-colored glasses, it's never going to happen. You're never going to convince our senators, our congressmen and women to help along with this thing at all. It's going to sit there. 
You're not our, our rhino governor uh, Charlie Baker are not going to go along with it. Everybody's going to fight it, you know. And and rather than everybody getting on board with this thing uh, on a national level, instead of trying to impeach the president every single day of the week, if we could yeah. if we could get on to something like this and say, hey, this is rational, reasonable, and compassionate, and we've got to do it. Right. I don't. Well, know. we are closer. We are closer to this than we've been. Uh, since 1965. I mean, the, we are in uh, our immigration system was passed in 1965, and it is outdated, outmoded, and it needs to be put to rest. Uh, and we need to come up with a better, new and better way and a smarter way to choose immigrants. With that said, you know, President Trump has introduced uh, terms into the American vernacular that people had never. Uh, beforehand used, the idea of chain migration, the idea of self-sufficiency. The fact that we're talking about it, that we're having these conversations, this is the beginning of of the change right now. This, all of these things happening, it's forcing people to look at immigration as a public policy instead of, you know, waving the American flag and talking about the Statue of Liberty, we're actually able to take a clear-eyed look at immigration policy as a public policy to ascertain whether or not it's working for our country and then to make changes from there. You know, we have advocated, as I said, a merit-based immigration system whereby if you yourself, Ed, were selected as an immigrant to the United States based on technical skills, high school diploma, college degree, what have you, uh, you would be allowed to come in with your spouse and your minor children. What that means is that your brothers and sisters and aunts and uncles, all who might be perfectly nice people, but let's face it, we have no idea uh, if any of them are capable of taking care of themselves just because they're related to you. That's really not a really good indicator of anything. Then, then you know they would have to to compete against everyone else on the every mer- other on merit ba- in a merit based system. I know. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, Dave, keep up the good work down in Washington. You guys at Fair and and uh, everywhere else, keep us informed. I enjoy your uh, your updates all the time. And okay. We're, and we're going to use you again. We'll give you a call again oh, yeah, and get you I'd back love to on. Come back. All right. Love to come back, buddy. Great to chat with you. All right, Dave. Take care. All right. Bye-bye. Dave Ray from uh, the uh, Federation for American Immigration Reform. Logical, sensible, and compassionate.